Welcome back, Power Collectors, to another full disclosure, 100% transparency, Heritage Auctions Consignment Recap. If you're new to the channel, welcome in. No matter where you're coming from, sports cards, Pokemon, comic books, coins, I welcome you into the deepest hobby on the planet, full of rabbit holes and endless learning, great people, cool communities. We just got off a live stream on YouTube. Get the Greg Games, aka Dylan, on Facebook. And we also had Clubhouse. Probably it started off with 20, 30, 40 people in the beginning. And um, I would say there was probably several dozen people in the chat over at Get the Greg. So the hobby is growing in terms of interest. But I would argue, and I tried to argue today, that games are down. A lot of assets are down, if not all of the assets are down across the board in terms of averages. But I'm not talking about blood in the hobby, interest in the hobby. People looking at the hobby, people like uh, the guy I just met, Simon, over in the UK, thinking about flying into Vegas, San Francisco, picking up some uh, collectibles in America. Because if you think about it over there, they probably haven't even started yet because if you got that 20 to 40%, you've got the risk of people opening your slabs at customs. Then you got the risk of after opening a slab, opening the sealed game or whatever it is. It could be a pack of Pokemon cards. It could be a wax case, wax box, foil box. Magic the Gathering, it could be anything that could just completely get destroyed by customs, which means we have infinite risk in the hobbies. Infinite risks. Yes, you could buy something that could drop to zero because of maybe customs slicing into it. Or it could get lost or it could get damaged. If you underinsure it, you're talking about almost infinite risk. So that's the goal behind all these uh, social media efforts I've been on for two years straight. I've been dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping education, knowledge, tips tricks, how to lower your costs, taxes, shipping, platforms, auctions, you name it. We talk about it here on Power Collectors. I'm here to serve you the power collectors of the world, which could be anything from slab games to slab coins to slab comics to slab sports cards. But we mainly focus on reporting the market and the hobby, which are usually going to be WADA slabs at Heritage. Today, I bled out $500 at Heritage. Um, this is my third auction so far. I had Signature. I had a little weekly. No, I had a little weekly last week. Then I had four days of Signature. And then I had this weekly. So we're talking early August 2022. And I probably will never consign with Heritage again as a power dealer because I can't control the timing, the venue, or the price. Um, that's just me personally. I'm really thinking about hitting the show circuit well, at least in Las Vegas or Los Angeles where I can drive to. Um, I just don't know if I'm ready to drive, you know, three days up to Oregon and three days back because, uh, you know, I got a bad back. I got pain everywhere in my body, fingers, hands, arms, lower disc, um, ski accident, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just can't do long drives anymore at 55. I want to go to Portland. I don't want to get on an airplane and, and lug a bunch of slabs up there and lug them to the hotel and Uber to the place. And it's just a pain in the ass. So please come to Las Vegas. Please come to Las Vegas. Please come to Long Beach. Please come to Los Angeles. Please come to San Diego. I think that's where I'm going to be operating. I haven't even started. I'm just getting started in this new game now that we're all connected through social media, powerful iPhones, powerful Android devices. Now that everybody's connected around all the hobbies, my dream is to bring it all together and put together a mastermind 
and talk across hobbies like we had the debate tonight in clubhouse about comics versus cards versus pokemon and see if we can help each other rather than uh, tear each other down or try to find like the why why are stuff crashing what's going on is it inflation is it the you know is it economics so this is my chance to share the microeconomic true picture of what's going on you're not going to hear a lot of people bleeding out I heard Wade the other day said he, he lost uh, five figures on either a game or a group of games. And another guy said, yeah, I'm, I'm down four figures. So there are people losing tens of thousands of dollars. There are people losing thousands of dollars right now. There are people like myself who broke even over the last week. And this week, it looks like I'm going to be down 500. We'll see how the sixth gen auction goes. I'm not too, um, I'm not, I don't got my hopes up. And the reason I sent in my games to Heritage is because someone said, actually in the fine print, that I can bid on my own games if they go too low. I thought I could buy back my 9.8s. And now that I think about it, is that what happens when we see something pulled? Is it possible to pull back a consignment? Please let me know because there are pieces that I sent in months ago that are going to end up in, uh, you know, either a weekly or or bad timing after signature hangover. And um, I would like my nine eights back, uh, at least some of those sports titles. I would love to get those back. Do you believe in sports titles at all? I won a Japanese nine eight two K first, uh, first print. And um, I know it came out later, but that's because I sold a nine eight eight plus or a plus plus NBA two K first print to a, a collector investor on the East coast who kind of went dark. And, um, he said he was going to put together the whole darn set, 2K, 2K1, 2K2, all the way up to uh, LeBron's, you know, second cover, Kobe's second cover, Kevin Durant's first cover, Curry's first cover, Jordan's first solo cover, and all this type of stuff. Um, that plan seemed really promising at that point in time, but now that I'm thinking about doing the uh, sports card shows in Vegas, which are pretty much focusing on dealer-to-dealer -dealer transactions, um, this sounds really promising. So if you have any sports games, Mostly the ones with goats on the cover, you know, Tom Brady all the way to Jordan, all the way to Kobe. Uh, obviously, Lakers are better. Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. I don't know if there's other Lakers. I know there's Bulls versus Lakers or something like that. I don't really go for the group team shots unless Jordan's in the picture, maybe. But if you have anything like that, I'm willing to trade anything you see that I buy, a uh, list, post. I'm not really um, holding anything back other than... Uh, PC Tetris, and um, what else am I holding back? I thought I had a Psychonauts. I thought I had a Psychonauts I was holding back, but I think I might have moved the 9.8 and put the 9.68 Plus back on eBay last night. My uh, high school buddy, Tim Schaefer, who developed that title and franchise, um, he's still confused about what slabs are and what I'm doing, but... I think I'm slowly, slowly, slowly waking him up to this secondary market. He's a game developer. So anyway, hopefully we can get him on the podcast. And Tim Schaefer, if you're listening, you're welcome anytime. Don't worry about your beard or hair. We're pretty much audio only over here. Live in Las Vegas, no editing, raw and uncut. So let's get started. If you're new to the channel, the weeklies are basically Tuesday at around uh, 5, 6 Pacific time, maybe 4, 3 eastern time um central time i can't remember maybe it's four um they go off every week and we've get, been getting close to 200 games every week which is crazy we're even seeing magazines come into the fray uh consoles come into the fray handhelds come into the fray we've seen a couple uh 
you know, controllers and signature. Have you been buying anything non-video game software? Let me know. Hit me up. So we had seven games go off. And we bled out $500 today, tonight. And I'll just go through them one by one. This is dedicated to JG. He said, why did you send the game in? What did it do? And what were you thinking? Overall, like I said before, we were moving. It made no sense to take a thousand pounds of material from Oregon, take it a thousand miles down to California, into the office warehouse, and then take that same material back to Vegas and then ship it off to Texas. It just made sense to consign all my best stuff because of the move um, to Heritage at the time. I might be regretting that now, but cash is king. I disagree with Ray Dalio. I do not agree that cash is trash. Even if your cash is losing purchasing power, 8%, 10%, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to be able to buy stuff that you're going to see 8, 10, 80% uh, returns on if you wait through the next bull run. I can guarantee that if you wait through the next bull run, your cash turned into alternative assets, turned into gains will beat up just, you know, cash is trash. And that's what cash is trash means, Ray Dalio. He's a lot. He's he's absolutely right about massive cycles. And if fiat currency melts down and suddenly the banks just uh, delete all our bank accounts. Yeah, he was right. I don't know if that's going to happen. I do know that the uh, feds did confiscate gold and silver at one point in American history. And yes, you know, we had a couple countries go bankrupt recently, Sri Lanka. And I think down there in South America, they're still struggling. I mean, I heard I heard one story on uh, YouTube that um, somebody bought a hotel with a gold coin down in uh, was it Venezuela or something. Yeah, I mean, if you believe that type of stuff, cash is trash. But if you believe America is a solid investment like Warren Buffett, American companies, American assets, American alternative assets is my theory, then you should be fine. If you don't have any cash, um, hit me up if you want to talk about credit and how to manage that in a spreadsheet and lower your costs of bleeding out every month. I've been there, done that. I've had multiple businesses. Um, one of them went uh, you know, through 9-11 into bankruptcy. I know what it's like to have much less than you owe and have to manage an overwhelming you know, nightmare of 20% debt, 15% debt. Thank God in my sixth economic crash, I'm down to the 3.75% debt. Uh, we sold our vehicles. I'm looking at a 2.9% uh, car loan because I have excellent credit that took 10 years to build after bankruptcy. Um, you know, there's some people on Facebook that are offering 199 to business. If you want to set up an LLC, hit me up. EIN, hit me up. True business credit, hit me up. Avoid Discover, avoid Capital One. If you want true business credit cards that don't show up on your personal credit report, which means you can you can do whatever you want with them and it doesn't affect your personal credit score. Yes, that is business credit. It used to be called corporate credit. Look up corporate. Look at look up uh, credit creditboards.com or just go to YouTube. So it started off with Atari Donkey Kong Jr., 948+, a plus, plus, I think, or A+. Plus. I was into the piece for 3184 uh, probably, I think that was a $50 grading fee. I can't remember. Man, that's the thing with um, this type of calculation is, is you don't know exactly what the grading fee is because they're shipping in, there's insurance in, and then if you're sending in a bunch of different tiers at the same time, there's an additional component of the charge to the grading company that involves kind of like insurance once they receive it and then shipping back. 
So I kind of have to just guess at 50. I think I sent this in on 45. I'm going to add five, which means I'm in two grand on these seven pieces and got back 1460. So I bled out 540, but I rotated that into some really beautiful pieces. We can talk about another day. Um, if you want to know what I buy, you're going to have to be live either in Clubhouse or on the Get the Greg stream. I'm no longer going to be doing the videos of full disclosure. It's just too much work right now. Hopefully I can get back to that if we get it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe my magic wand is having an assistant. If anybody wants to assist me, I've got I've got years worth of work. I My backlog is work and content. I've got endless, 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 endless business plans in my computer that have yet to be implemented. So it, it hammered at 130. We'll use hammer today for ROI, Jay. Um, and that's a 37% positive gain. The next one was the Contra 3 not for resale kiosk card. I bought that on eBay as a test. I was testing player one from that damn seller. I forgot his name. Stanga. I think I bought this from Stanga to just test the market, test the bad news that he was, uh, you know, doing all this shady stuff, whether he was an honest seller or not, whether this is an honest grading company or not. I bought a 9.4 P1 kiosk cart and i'm all nine four kiosk cart are you kidding me it showed up it did show up but when i looked at it it had writing on the top of the end label i said ah i'm not going to return it got into that piece for 571 dollars and 90 cents during the bubble october 2020 and by the way i was in on the donkey kong jr at may 2020 so atari um hadn't really gone off i guess or did go off i can't remember I think I spent $71.90 to grade that cart. So it only sold for $160. I bled out 300% ROI on that one, Jay. That was probably the biggest loser of my career based on ROI in video games over 14 years. We started selling video games with sealed Wii when it uh when it blew up at Target and all that, and nobody could get it and everybody wanted it. Next piece we got into same time, October 2020, Street Fighter 2, not for resale cartridges. So I was going for some kiosk carts. That one I just bought raw and it came back 75 which is really good for a card i was into it at 80 on ebay paid water 75 it went off for 220 today 30 percent roi positive beautiful the next piece we got into april 2020 this is before the bubble sega genesis cardboard got in at 32.45 on ebay probably auction gixon uh and i would like to pump gixon that's our secret tool on ebay it's a free sniper Came back 928 plus from WADA after a $70 fee, sold for $190 today, but it stalled at $100. I thought I was going to bleed out, but someone started bidding on it. Thank you very much out there, any Sega Genesis fans. Anybody that bid on AW, Real Monsters today, thank you, thank you, thank you. My wife and I really appreciate it for a 46% ROI. Family Feud came back a 96A. I have no data. I have no data how much we bought this when, probably around the same time before the bubble. Um, it went off for 95. I don't know if that's a positive or negative ROI. Grandia, we bought that on Heritage. This is a Heritage to Heritage arbitrage that failed. We got in October 2021. So this is post-bubble peak. We got in too high at 845.92. I thought that was a thousand dollars. You know, I thought I could always get out of that at a thousand. I was going to list it at 1500 on eBay. And uh, it went off for 550 today. Negative 54% ROI, Jay. That one hurts. Uh, Hobbit. I thought Hobbit would do well since uh, Amazon's dumping a billion dollars into the franchise. I thought, you know, maybe this is going to give us a little halo effect, kind of like comics, but not at all. Not at all. It doesn't work in games. And another thing that doesn't work in games, I noticed, is 
a derivative release such as Mario Sunshine that had a little pump, but usually like a Sonic movie going off did not really affect the drop in Sonic original at all. I don't know about the uh, cheap games, the modern games, but the big dogs drop no matter what's happening in Hollywood. So we got into a Hobbit raw. 4232, either Amazon or eBay. I'm not sure where we picked it up. Maybe Mercari, Walmart. I don't know. Target. Probably not Target. But the rumor is Target is has a beta marketplace. By the way, a marketplace means third party. So when Amazon started, it was first party. It wasn't people like me and you dealers that could go on Amazon and sell with Amazon. They started with Z shops. I actually started on Amazon over 20 years ago with Z shops as a grad student selling uh, textbooks. And then, uh, you know, going to the library, buying used books, doing the scan tool early on before the smartphone. And and it was really fun, actually, finding little treasures here and there, flipping stuff for five, ten bucks profit. Um, we got into this Hobbit, you know, let's say 70 grading fees. It sold for 55 that we bled out 100% ROI, or if not 105. So the last game was kind of a wild card. I don't know why I sent this in other than it must have been what I thought had a chance at a 9-8. And by the way, all the modern games I sent in over this last year, um, I thought had a chance at a 9-8. And I can't remember very many at all. 9-8 is just a sick grade from Raw. I mean, even if you open a case, you are not guaranteed a 9-8. Um, it's pretty easy to get 9-6A plus in my book, in my experience. But that's not Santa Ana. That's like between Colorado and Santa Ana. When I say Santa Ana, I'm talking about Q3 Santa Ana. And uh, Jeff Master just said in Clubhouse, which I think is really valuable, is he's like, is that an A-plus out of Santa Ana or Colorado? You know, And that's the big question in the hobby right now. Obviously, WADA has toughened up. PSA has toughened up. I just watched the interview with Dennis's boss, Nat Turner, one of the three billionaires that bought Collector's Universe took the company private at $780 million and it's worth, what, billions today. They did well. But the question is, did they toughen up? Well, I think they have to. If they're pumping out 20 million slabs per year and 10 million of those are PSA 10s and Wattic 9.8s, um, the market's just going to collapse. You know, you have to have people chasing that. Otherwise, they're not going to send in 20 games hoping for 198. If they know they can get two 98s out of every three games, they're not going to be sending in volume. What do the grading companies want? They want volume. They don't care what the game is. They want volume. They want you sending in dozens of games. That's why they show up at shows. So you can just clean out the, sh the show floor and walk over to the grading table and hand them a stack of 100 slabs and hit your credit card for five grand later on. So, you know, I mean, everybody's in the game for different purposes. I believe we're all speculating, whether you admit it or not. You're speculating your family's going to be healthy tomorrow. You're speculating your daughters or sons are going to even have any interest in your collectibles. You're speculating you're going to be able to offload them someday. You're speculating that you can take them to your grave if you don't want to let them go. We're all speculating. I'm speculating that this stuff is going to survive 120 degrees heat in the garage. I don't even know if water cases are built for that. That's another speculation that this stuff is not going to deteriorate over time. What if there's a battery inside? That's another speculation. What about the gold and silver and heavy metals in the in the circuit boards? Who knows? Who knows, you know, if that can react to different climates or whatever. Um I know copper turns uh, you know, pretty nasty over time. And copper has been on a freaking bull run for a while. Um 
So that was a Batman Arkham 360. Bought it for twelve eighty three. Wow, that was a good buy. Sent it in on the the economy tier for forty. Got a nine six eight plus, but it only went off for sixty bucks. So ten percent ROI, twelve percent ROI. Um, overall, it's a negative five hundred. It's a, exactly a negative twenty five percent ROI. The lesson here today is. You got to look at it as a business. You got to look at it as a weekly thing, a monthly thing, a yearly thing. Your your goal is try to make a profit per month. It doesn't it does not mean the IRS definition of going into business yourself, trying to make a profit. It does not mean you have to make a profit on every single flip. You're buying pieces with the expectation of making a profit someday. Have you started your company yet? Have you started your business yet? Have you asked your tax guy about the difference between a single member LLC, a 1065 LLC, a Schedule C, just a sole proprietorship and an EIN in terms of credit, liability, taxes. I'm here to help you when you make the leap and believe me, all of you are going to be making the leap in the next couple months because uh, come April, you're going to get tax forms in the mail from who knows, Mercari, eBay, PayPal. I don't even know if Heritage is going to send out uh, 1099s. I mean, I don't mind. I report everything. Um, looking over this little portfolio that went off and bled out, um, I'm thankful and grateful that we had a big card sale today to offset these losses. So on eBay, we offset Heritage Blood and Blood on the Streets in Heritage, but we happen to have a good day on eBay. So that's another thing to think about is multi channel selling. And um, the term there is if you're going to play the social versus marketplace game, it's nice if you use these couple sentences that I recommend. In the post, try to put, this is cross-posted. If you want to be technical like me, while supplies last subject to prior sale. What that means is you can't guarantee anyone first right of refusal in business. In business, that's golden. That's called controlling the asset. And Rich Dad Poor Dad does that all the time. Uh, real estate investors do that all the time. They'll lock up a property with no money out of their pocket. You can do that all day long. If you have a lawyer buddy or a guy good with paperwork or a broker that can lowball, you can lock up real estate with a, without a dime out of your pocket. You can lock up as many properties as you want. If you can get prequal letters or you're in commercial real estate, you can lock up assets. And the game in investing, collecting, the investing mindset that I'm shifting back to is assets under management. It's not about your collection. It's not about your inventory. It's about your network, your expert network, how many masters, power players, power dealers you know, and then it's about how many assets you control. For example, the Zelda, second highest in the world TM, who owns that? Well, nobody does. It's owned by three people and they all control it by some sort of expert networking arrangement. And that's because of relationships. I know who owns that game. Pete, over overheat games you can look them up on instagram and ebay nerdy girl danielle smith you can look her up on facebook and instagram and then maybe she's on whatnot too and then um alan haspel do you remember that last name yes you might be right that is the brother of the founder one of the founders of cgc and one of the early investor founders of wada yes one of those founders happens to be deeply into video games. I'm guessing six, seven, possibly eight figures of deals throughout the last decade, whether it's comic books or video games. So those people understand assets under management and relationships. 
You're not going to see these people flamboyant on social media like me, full disclosure, 100% transparency. I'm probably a lone wolf when it comes to transparency, but that's how I started my brand. And I'm not going to turn back from that. But I will be separating out assets under management versus our little assets in our little business. We are going to be starting a new company that um, is going to work on other people's money versus our money. And I will have my money in that game. And if this all goes well, I'm going to merge it all together. And um, I hope I can disclose what I can. If we become SEC regulated, I guess we have to disclose everything, right? That's the difference between Rally and Otis. Rally is SEC regulated. You can go see exactly what they paid for everything, exactly what they sold for everything, exactly how many investors were involved in every IPO. And you're actually buying shares in a little LLC that owns a game, a Ferrari, a bottle of wine, whatever it will be. Okay, this was supposed to be a short episode, Play Life Like a Video Game, JG. Why don't you try jumping into VGA? Why don't you try a little bit of transparency? Why don't you try a little bit of disclosure? Um, you know, uh, try something new, Jay. Not just video games, but uh, teach me about comics. Let's have a phone call. Let's do that. How about that? Call me anytime, 702-954-9177. If you're getting value out of these podcasts, this is like 174. I've invested 1,000 hours into the podcast so far. Uh, thank you to my patrons who give me a couple lunches here and there every month. Um, if you, you know, if I saved you ten thousand dollars on taxes or hundred thousand dollars on taxes, and you feel like you'd like to give back to me and my wife and my community, go to Patreon.com/backslash/powercollectors and sign up for like, you know, what is a lunch? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks a month these days. Ten bucks a month is greatly appreciated, and I will do my best to create podcast episodes like I did tonight for a very specific supporter. And um, if you have a suggestion for a podcast episode that you'd like to hear, that would be great. We're not ready to go live with guests yet. I did sign up for Riverside. But if there's anybody out there that instead of buying me lunch would like to donate their time on Riverside.fm, please go to Riverside.fm. I'll give you the passcode, password, and you can have at it. Um, Josh, who runs SideQuest Games up in... Uh, up in Portland wants to come on the cat podcast. Nerdy Girl wants to come on a podcast. I think Josh Enton might want to come on the podcast. I think Fletcher Retro might want to come on the podcast. Um, I think Vinny wants to come on the podcast and talk about international. So if anyone out there can figure out Riverside FM and we can get some scheduling going to where I just show up as a voice, I'd rather just move towards a, a voice. Um, you know, maybe we can help grow this hobby and share information and uh, bring, bring more uh, people in from abroad because a lot of listeners on podcasts are abroad i don't know about youtube but yes that is an option if you would like to be on youtube as the face of power collectors hit me up call me text me let's talk about it so i hope you had a, a good let's say 10 days bidding in eight days we have six gen and beyond i have tons of games coming up there i'm not looking forward to that but maybe i can rotate into something else I'm buying sports games right now again. I'd like as many as uh, you can provide with goats on the cover because I would like to invite you to the Las Vegas uh, card show at the Expo. It's downtown. Um, it's a dealer show. So there's you know 500 tables. Everybody's got money. Everybody's got assets. And it's a high velocity show. It's not a retail show for kids and stuff like that. Um, if you want to meet me in Vegas, I think it's uh, October 6th through 8th. I'm hoping to set up a table in the corner. Let's see. We'll see. Okay, thank you for listening and uh, 
good luck out there bidding and buying and uh, selling. It's a, it's a real market now, you know? The days of uh, the bull run, easy money are gone. It's a real market now. You're going to have to work for it. So get smart, get collecting with the investing mindset.